Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Tommy McNamara is all about performing during COVID-19. Tommy is a, a good friend of the show. He was our house band for a handful of hours during our 12-hour marathon on uh, February 29th, 2020. Most likely the last live show we'll be doing in 2020. Tommy was also on the show uh, in, in the start of the global pandemic. Um, we don't know if this is the start, the middle, the end. We have no idea where we are. It's uh, the start of September of 2020. Uh, Tommy is now just getting out and performing live, and I am not because I have a, a small baby here. And unlike uh, my situation uh, during February 29th, things have changed. So this is now my full-time job, and that's why we have a Patreon account. Go to youmethemeverybody.com, and in the podcast description, there is the link to the Patreon account. Without further ado, one of the greats, Tommy McNamara. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Are you really doing great? Um, no, I just—that's oh, okay. how I naturally respond, and then uh, I forget how insane it makes me sound. <laughs> I want to get to the part in life where my natural response is, "I'm great. How are you?" <laughs> I think it's happening for you soon. I feel good about it. <laughs> Have you always been this positive? I think no. Not when I in high school, I was kind of sulky. Uh, you know, I went through my, <laughs> you know, my emo phase. I was playing in bands, listening to all this, and I was definitely not as chipper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ever since then, pretty much. So, other than like four years in the middle, you've been a happy guy. Uh, generally, you know, I think that I, I've many like, you know, when I'm walking around listening to music, I'm not smiling the whole time. But I, I there's something about. Uh, talking to people just energizes me in a way that uh, I am able to become happy. But what about when you're alone? Because for the majority of the pandemic, I'm assuming you're in isolation. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I'm still never alone, you know, between you know, girlfriend, roommate, like I, I still don't get that much time where I'm actually alone. But when I am, I am uh, often frowning, I would say. <laughs> You listen to similar music as me. You like sad stuff. Yes. Yeah, it's this weird. I, I don't know if it's like recharging for me, but like it's like whenever I'm alone or walking around, it's like they're listening to the saddest music and, uh, <laughs> and feeling sorry for myself. And then the second I'm around people, I just perk up. Let's talk about Wednesday's show in, was it Brooklyn? Yes. Yeah, okay. Bushwick. So you're back in New York. Mm-hmm. The last time we talked, it was pretty much the start of the global pandemic. Uh, there were still shortages on toilet paper. So um, <laughs> I saw you the last day of February, uh, and that was great. I love seeing you for a few hours. And then I spoke with you in, in spring, and now I'm speaking to you at the end of summer. In that time, didn't you go back to Illinois for a while? Uh, I very briefly went back to Illinois okay. for my 30th birthday. Um and I fine. Happy birthday. <laughs> no, it was like three months ago, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was at the time I didn't really tell a lot of people because it was at the time where it was kind of unwise to do so. But now mm-hmm. that we've reached the point where I'm three months away and no one I, uh, no one I interacted with has uh, become sick. Now I feel I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How did you get to Illinois? Uh, flu, which was a horrifying experience. Where'd you fly out of? Uh, LaGuardia. How was LaGuardia? Could you now do all of your airport material for the next 10 minutes? How was flying out of LaGuardia in what, June? 
Yeah, and it, so it was yeah, it was uh, late June, and the start of the flight was incredible. Did we got through security and everything in like less than three minutes, which mm-hmm. in LaGuardia was insane. And I was like, I might fly every week for the rest of the pandemic. Like, <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> about that happening. And then you know we get on the plane, and it's just so stressful the situation like just i mean you know whatever i'm fine with flying i fly all the time but just like the mask element and people not wearing their masks and there was one guy who whenever the stewardess would come up or sorry the flight attendant would come up and uh he would pretend that he was asleep he didn't have his mask on and she would say sir please put on your mask sir you have to put on your mask and he would just pretend like he was asleep and then the second the flight attendant walked away he would just like open his eyes and it was driving me nuts <laughs> how old was this man he was i would guess like 40s or 50s okay um, and he definitely was you know felt like he was getting one over on everyone and it's like yeah but you're just endangering yourself and others you know okay so what airline uh delta so th- there is one other thing i forgot about this that i just remember now that i said that is that uh my girlfriend emily uh Right when we got on the flight, she decided to Google Delta coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> like when we'd already put our seatbelts in, the engine, the flight door was shut. It was just like, oh, every employee on Delta has the virus. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so clearly you flew there and back. You're fine. Yes. How, do you wear like an Apple Watch or a Fitbit or anything like that? Uh, I don't. Why do you ask? I was wondering if your heart rate was elevated throughout the flight because of the trapped in a situation where you're with people without masks and you really care about it, if, how that affected your body. Um, so I know that it would have because on the, on the flight home, uh, we had the, the converging factors of same kind of mass situation, some people not really caring, combined with a very turbulent flight. Combined with the fact that we decided to watch the movie Uncut Gems on the plane, <laughs> putting my heart rate at what can't have been a safe level. Oh, that's great. What'd you think of Uncut Gems? Uh, it was my second time seeing it. I loved it. Um, it's not, um, you know, it's it was much better in the theater than it was on the back of a plane seat when I was thinking about other things. But yeah, I love that movie. And <laughs> What's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Um, comedy, Happy Gilmore. We could do we could do multiple. We could do comedy and we could do drama. Yeah, I would say Happy Gilmore comedy, Punch Drunk Love drama. I'd go Punch Drunk second only to Billy Madison. Yeah, I I know Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison are both just so they were so big to me, you know that mm-hmm. I I probably would say Billy Madison if you asked me tomorrow and have you know it, but uh, I did I did meet the Sandman once. And, oh. Uh, Zabadu, <laughs> and uh, I did tell him I was I was pretty young, and I told him you're my hero, and Billy Madison changed my life. <laughs> do you do you find a lot of similarities between you and Billy Madison? You both have gotten out of multiple DUIs because of your father. <laughs> I wish I had uh, his money though. <laughs> um, okay, so that was in June. I have not flown since. Uh, Christmas, I don't see myself flying. I think it's a lot different because I have a kid. If I'm in your position, if I'm just turned 30 and I'm just dating and I'm not even married, I'm probably also 
considering Delta for all of my coronavirus flight needs. And <laughs> have you flown since then? I have not. No, I, it, it, honestly, that that flight back, you know, it was like it did kind of rattle me. Uh, just like the combination of, yeah, you know, fears about the virus and a turbulent flight. It was like, I'm not going to fly for a while. Yeah. So you you have performed, though. Yes. Um, so I on performed... Wednesday night, you performed. It was it was outside. And have yes. you performed anywhere inside yet? No, definitely have not performed inside. I've done that was my third show. The other okay. two were in parks. Uh, okay. And they were not good. <laughs> <laughs> so the okay. So I love your style of humor. I love your style of comedy. And I don't think it's unfair to say that most good comics prefer a super low ceiling in a super small room yes. with as many people jammed as close together as possible. Is that correct? Very, very correct. Yes. Okay. So a park, for those that don't know, is the opposite of that. <laughs> yes. So my first performance was at McCarran Park in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And uh, I was very nervous because I hadn't performed in, you know, at that point, it was like five and a half months. And... I just had seen pictures of the park shows and I was mm -hmm. like, I uh, just like no microphone. There's just a sign on a tree that says stand up New York, uh, which is the club that's running it, which they're doing a, a very ambitious thing. And I really appreciate them including me, but I, I'd seen pictures like, Oh, this is going to be so bad. And, you know, I went over and uh, <laughs> it, it was like, maybe I think when I walked up, there was just the person running the show, none of the other comedians and like one person there to watch. And I was like, this is a living nightmare. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the end of it, there's probably, you know, 15 to 20 people spaced out okay. watching, including, you know, there's, there's weird things like there, there's like a kid who's just watching and kind of not heckling because he's a kid but he's trying to interact with all the comedians and it's like oh my god <laughs> how old is the kid he was i think 11 okay yeah but it, and i guess i found out later that he had been this was like his third show and he just like found <laughs> out about these park shows and comes to all of them now <laughs> um but yeah my set it was fine you know i was happy it, it was like a feeling of relief like i got mm -hmm. through it but it was definitely not ideal and there was like so many distractions where you know there's you know people playing music in the park there's cars honking their horns there's you know a guy riding by on his bike with a soccer ball like balancing a soccer ball on his head which did happen and uh, <laughs> and he kept screaming and i was like what is going on but you know you do another park show i do another park show in prospect park uh okay. also in brooklyn but a different part of brooklyn and um that one was better. You know, they had a microphone at that one with just like plugged into like a tiny amp, you know, mm -hmm. um, but more, more people watching and just a little better setup. It's weird. So stand up New York is, is running 10 shows a night at different parks in New York. Are they charging people? No, they ask for, um, Venmo donations, but yeah, it's, it's so ambitious and crazy. They have like, you know, in three boroughs, like ten different parks, it's just wild. So they're putting, so they're booking like sixty comics a night, which is you know admirable and really impressive. But have you gotten paid? Uh, I, allegedly, I will be. But I <laughs> okay. Uh, Wednesday night, it's not a stand-up New York show. Is that correct? No. So Wednesday night was the first like independent show. Okay. 
and it was it was Wacky Shack. It's called which Wacky is, Shack. Yeah. It was a reference to one of the best Simpsons episodes, and it looked like it was in the back of a bar, but it was like the outdoor patio. Is that correct? So it was the backyard of a bodega. Um, oh, it was a New very, York. Am I right? It was a very New York setup. And so like the way you would get drinks is you would just go in and buy like a tall boy from the bodega and come out. And it was uh, and then they were also selling tacos, too, for the duration of the this show. This sounds legitimately great. It was like the best night I've had in a long time. It was so, yeah. so great. And they, they did a really good job of you know people would sit with their group but they they tried to space them out but it still felt like a real show yeah um and it was just like even before i performed just like the feeling of like these people are all here to see the show uh they're playing pre-show music like there's that buzz in the air I, it just like it really recaptured <laughs> something i've desperately uh missed that the park shows did not scratch that itch, yeah you know? do you remember what song was played before you went up um, I do because it was song two by Blur. And, Ooh, uh, someone's going to a professional baseball game. <laughs> and boy, did I uh, try to start riffing about Britpop and have to quickly <laughs> try to be like, oh, Oasis crowd or Blur crowd. Oh my God, this is, I, I should try and tell jokes. <laughs> I brought up the Libertines, and then I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, someone should be here now. To yeah, my not advice, stop this morning, Glory. <laughs> my advice to comedians who haven't performed yet um, since the pandemic is: on your first real show back, don't use the phrase "landfill indie." That's not something <laughs> people want to hear about. <laughs> so I, I do like that we covered Britpop, and we did literally talk about your park life for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> so that's perfect. Very well done. <laughs> But yeah, it was, when do you um, think you'll feel comfortable performing indoors? It's so I don't know because it's so weird to me that it's happening in Chicago now. Like Zanies and Laugh Factory are both doing indoor shows, but it just I like can't even picture it. It seems, you know, I don't think it's going to happen in New York this year. Um, I mean that's my prediction at least, but. Yeah. I, I haven't Do you think any... there's any chance of these bodega shows, not bodega shows, but like shows like the one you performed at on Wednesday night, just a handful of these places buying like the, the, the propane like heat lamps and just doing shows outside indefinitely throughout the year? Because it seems like that's probably the safest way to do live comedy. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love that, you know, like the rooftop shows that are happening. Like some people have figured out a way to make something that's obviously not the same thing, but it, it gets close enough to it that it feel you know and everyone seemed so happy at the show and you know the audience seemed like they had a great time and it was just like i feel like this was a net good you know yeah <laughs> in a way yeah. that i hope that it happened and obviously you know i'm definitely not uh you know saying people should you know push the limits as much as they can of you know what you can get away with but i think there is a way to have you know outdoor shows like that that <laughs> make people happy and you know I haven't spoken to you since my spectacular life was released. I enjoyed it quite a bit. How was the reception? Uh, thank you so much. First of all, it, it was, it was good. It was really funny because I was really proud of it and I, I released it at a time when podcast listenership was at an all time low. <laughs> oh, I should have actually explained my spectacular life is a, is it six parts? Yes. It's a six part, uh, audio documentary about, 
one of the most important musicians ever. And <laughs> you are you are you are the everything. You're the writer. You're the lead. You're you're the everything. And um, it's a standalone little, really good early pandemic listening, at least for me. Uh, and now you now we're I guess. Uh, is this still early pandemic? It really depends on how this shakes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Six months in, uh, <laughs> it no longer seems insane that you did this when you did this. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that so much. And it was really, I think um, a lot of people were really nice about it. Uh, sent me really nice messages and I got you know, an AV clip write up and Vulture put it in their roundup too. But the numbers were really low. So if anyone's listening to this and wants to listen to it, it's like, I am proud of it. And I think it got a good reception from people who listened to it. But that is, yeah, the one thing I would like is for more people to listen to it. Um, We're going to end this because I have a small child and I want to thank you for being flexible with the scheduling. Um, My Why? entire life is... I, my entire life is based around my kids' nap schedules, yes. and that's not a joke. And so um, we've already established that you're doing great. You're in love with the pandemic. It couldn't <laughs> you, you couldn't embrace it anymore. Have you thought about having children? Um, at some point, definitely not. Not midst of the pandemic. No, not now. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're selfish to prevent life from uh, thriving. Were there? I'm assuming there were no kids at the show on Wednesday night. No, this was all. Yeah, it was all people. Uh, it seems like everyone kind of in their 20s and 30s. Kind of a very ideal crowd. Yeah. Well, I've never been more jealous of someone living in New York during a global <laughs> pandemic than. I, I want you to do well. I hope to see you. Um, Maybe in 2021. I don't know. Let's yeah, be honest. I, I hope so too, man. Um, good luck with everything. Hey, thanks so much. It was great talking to you. I'm going to stop it there.